Hey, good morning, everybody. Always a schus to, to go from Shabbos. Oh, thank you so much. Go from the Helga Shabbos into, into Matzah Shabbos by learning, by growing, by being together. Especially during these days. First of all, all the, all the Torah, all the Chizik, all Zairus tonight is being sponsored by by a mishpacha that uh, Mamish is like mishpacha to me, very, very special people. I wanted to sponsor tonight just for simcha and bracha and that really for everything we're going to talk about tonight and that they should be able to even in these very difficult times and difficult times for Klal Yisrael and when we go through individual times be able to still be successful and still be simcha and still do what each and every one of us is supposed to be doing in this world. And of course for all of Klal Yisrael for only simcha and bracha the world needs so much so much art, so much light, and hopefully, so learning together will bring that for each and every one of us. On some level, I want to continue what we spoke about a couple weeks ago. But whether you were here, whether you listened to that, won't be connected, that, that it's totally it's dependent on that, but it's really a little bit of the same message, but taking it to the next place in a certain sense. It's been a very difficult few weeks. A very, very hard few weeks. And nonstop I've been getting calls and texts from people looking for chizik, looking for esoris. I mean, I'll read you a few. These are, these are actual texts. I didn't want to paraphrase conversations, so just a few texts that I'm sure each and every one of us feel very similarly. Hi, Rebbe. I'm sure you've been getting a million messages, but I'm having such a difficult time with what's going on in Israel. I'm not sure what to do about it. I've been davening and saying Tillam, but I just feel so helpless, especially because I have a lot of family and friends that live in Israel that have been called up to fight and already lost a lot of friends. I'm just not sure what to do. I just keep on crying. Or another text, I hate to be this guy, and I know it's naive, but how are you supposed to believe in God when babies are being murdered? Continues, but it's, it's hard to even read. This is what we're all going through and we can't become desensitized and forget just because time has gone on and time has elapsed. We spoke a couple weeks ago about the Muna that each and every one of us needs to have. The Muna, the Muna to know the Rabbi has a plan, the Rabbi is orchestrating the world, whether we understand, whether we don't understand. And I think that takes us in a little bit to really... The parsha that we read at Mincha today, the parsha that's upcoming week, the Rebbe Zechasarikash Brach always taught us you have to live with the parsha, and that gives us a chizik, that gives us a zoris at any point in any time. And we have a coming, upcoming parsha's Vayera, and in parsha's Vayera, is a, the end of the parsha is something that each and every one of us have learned, have studied, have, have tried to live, tried to understand. Right, to embody. And that is Akedas Yitzchak. Now if you open up, if you open up a Siddur, the beginning of the Siddur, right, the beginning of Shachris, part of Karbanos, some of us say Akedas Yitzchak every single day. Every single day. As if to teach us that the lessons that one can learn from Akedas Yitzchak are important every day of our life. Every single day of our life. 
Kedis Yitzchuk, we lay in on Rosh Hashanah at the beginning of the year as if to say this will be the foundation of the entire year. We know Akedis Yitzchuk, Pirkei Yerbelezer teaches us and others, that Akedis Yitzchuk is the final test of Avram. That Avram has ten tests. It's the final test. It's the most intense test. It's so intense that Avram says, that Kedish Baruch the Medjur says, he has him, don't test me again. Don't test me again. This is too much to handle. That's it after this. If it gets more difficult than this, I'm not going to be able to. Please don't test me again. And when we look at this story, it is very hard to understand. It's hard to understand how anyone could pass such a nisayon. To be asked to shecht your 37-year-old son, it's very hard. But on the other hand, if we analyze Akedah Zitzchuk, we can analyze any test that was given as a nevuah, as it seems this was. Avram Vinu had nevuah, had prophecy. Avram Vinu heard from the Rabbani Shalom himself, Kachnas, Binchas, Yechidchas, Yerhavta, take your son, Valeo Shem Laola. Why do you and I struggle so much in life? As much as we believe in the Rabbani Shalom, B'machshava and thought, believe in our hearts, Ultimately, we have to use a lot of demyonos, a lot of our imagination to really connect to Hashem. Because on a physical manifestation, we don't see Hashem. We don't speak to Hashem in the way that we speak to each other. We dive into Hashem. And we try to find Hashem in our life. But it's very different than our relationships with each other. Rebbeinu Shalom with Avram Vina was talking to him. Said, "Byom Hashem Avram, lech l'chal Avram, me'artchem l'adchem b'zvichal archerecha." Then we read this morning, "Byom Hashem Avram, kach as binchay as yechidchas or havda." I'd like to believe if the Rebbeinu Shalom came to me and said, "Aryeh, go do this." What? I might, I might do it in tears, but I'm going to say no. I Meaning on that side, what what nisoyon was it? Again, you and I have nisoyonos. You and I. Don't see the Rabbonu Shalom in that way. If the Rabbonu Shalom came to us tonight and said, I know it's so hard what you're looking at right now. I know it's so hard what's going on in Eretz Yisrael every moment. But trust me, I have a plan. I'm not going to give it, even if he doesn't explain it to us yet. But you hear it from him himself. I did all this, I was watching all this, I'm involved. Trust me, there's going to be a good ending. If Hashem said that to us, will give us a lot of chizik, a lot of nechama. So to Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, you had the Rabbani Shalom tell you, so what, well, in a certain sense, what is the test? Additionally, you could understand, you have to ask, you know, we all call it, we all look at this as a tenth test of Avram, what do we call it? That case is Yitzchak. Why is this not a test for Yitzchak as well? It was on some level, but we don't focus on that. We call it a case is Yitzchak, but we don't focus on it being a test for Yitzchak. Why not? Why wasn't this a test for Yitzchak? And Yitzchak, even if at first he didn't know exactly what was going on, definitely at some point in the journey already, when he he knew, and they went together. And the Medrash says that Yitzchak even asked Avram to cover him so he shouldn't see it happening, not because he didn't want to do it and go through it, because he was afraid he might move and might pass himself as a carbon. So why is it not a test for Yitzchak just as much, if not more so than Avram? So Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov teaches us very something very, very deep about what a Nisoyan really is. 
He says, any soyon is a time in our life where Hashem asks us to follow Him even in the darkest of times. When there's a period of svekos, a period of doubt, a period with lacks clarity. That's what a nisoyon is. If everything was clear and everything makes sense, there is no nisoyon. And what happened here? Yes, it's true. So we're asking, what do you mean? It's clear. There is clarity. There's HaKadosh Baruch Hu telling him what to do. That should be the ultimate clarity. So the problem is as follows. And the Medrash says this at length. That the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu already came to Avram Avinu and promised him, Ki bi'itzchak yikar el Promised him that you're going to be I'm going to make you into a great, great nation through Yitzchak Avinu. So the same Rabbinish of the promised Avram Avinu, you're going to have a great nation through Yitzchak, the same one is contradicting himself now. A complete stero. And saying, now shech that son, now kill that son. That's a moment of complete kachoshech, complete darkness, complete confusion. Tov avo in the world of Avram Avinu. How am I going to listen to you, Rabbi Nishon, now? That was difficult. That's an Isoyon. But Avram Vinu said to himself, even in the darkest of times, even if there's complete sveikos, complete doubt, I'm going to follow the Rabbi Nishon. The Rabbi Nishon tells me to do it, I do it, even if it makes no sense, even if I don't understand. That's what it means. The Avod Yisrael, the Kajus Ramagat says, the Pazik says, Vayar es hamakom merachok. Pashib Shah, when he, he saw Harabayas, when he was traveling to Akedis Yitzchak, Vayaret HaMakom Meirachok, he saw it from a very distant place. Physically. The way Yisrael meant, he was so far away from understanding what was going on here. He was so far away from wanting to do this in a certain sense. He had complete sveikos, complete darkness. Yet he still followed through. And that's the ultimate passing of a test. That's the ultimate passing of a test. And that's why it is at the end of Akedis Yitzchak, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Ki ato yadati ki yarei Now I know you're God fearing man. Now I know you're a God fearing man. He already passed nine tests. You know what some of those tests were? Well, one of them we just read this morning: Lech Lecha leave your homeland. One of those tests prior to that was throwing himself in a fire by Nimrod. So wait, wait. wait. Until now, he didn't know God. God didn't know that Avram was a God-fearing man. Like, think about that. When he threw himself in a fire for God, I didn't know yet if you're God-fearing. Only when you're willing to kill your 37-year-old son for me. Like, what do you and I have to do to be considered a Baal Yerushimayim? It's practically impossible, because Be'ez Hashem, Hashem should never test us with such a... So what exactly does this mean? What does it mean... I want to suggest, if you look at every single Nisoyun, we'll just analyze those two that we know about, but there are others that we know. The Nisoyunos until Akedis Yitzchak either were very good for Avram or at least made sense to Avram. Right? When Lech Lecha Me'artzcha, what does Rashi say right in the beginning? Yes, you have to leave your homeland. Yes, you have to travel. But it's going to be for your good and for your benefit. I'll make you into a great nation. If you stay here, you're not even going to have children. You'll be wealthy. You'll have children. You'll have... 
Everything will be incredible. So it was still Nisayan to leave his homeland. It was still Nisayan to do it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked him to. But that type of Nisayan has clarity to it. I'm going to do it, but I want to do it. We have a lot of Nisayanos in our life. Sometimes it's, it's getting out of bed in the morning. We can sleep a little longer, but then I'm not going to have time to daven. When we do it, that's a Nisayan, but deep down we want to daven. We want to daven. We know it's right. Not darkness. It's just a Nisayan based on our, our body being lazy and we have temptations to enjoy life a little bit more physically, whatever it might be. But ultimately, that type of Nisoyon is full of aura, full of light. Even throwing himself in a fire. Remember, this Avodin, who believed in monotheism, was spreading belief in God throughout the world, bringing people to believe in God, and now he's put in this situation where it's throwing himself in a fire or give up and in everything you believe in, everything you've been preaching. It made sense to Avram I have to do that. He didn't, not that I want to leave this world, but it made sense to him. It wasn't a moment of, it was clarity why he had to do what he did. To kill your 37-year-old son that you promised would be an Asian was complete darkness. It was complete confusion. Now I know you're God-fearing man. Yitzchak didn't have such a Nisayim like that. Yitzchak didn't know that he's going to be, he didn't hear from God, Ki Yitzchak, Karl Chazara. Yitzchak was just trusting his father that this is what we have to do, this is what Hashem wanted. He didn't have that same confusion. Of course, he doesn't want to leave this world. But he understood it. This is what Hashem wants. It's what's best for the world. So it's an Nisoyan for Avram, who was in complete darkness here. Complete confusion here. And yet he was willing to do it. And that's the greatest test of all time. And you know what happened when he did that? He made and, and infused into the biological makeup of every Yid that so can we. And that means when you and I are in a moment of darkness, a moment of confusion, and it makes absolutely no sense, I could prevail. I could persevere. I could still be the, the, the Eved Hashem that I know I'm supposed to be. Even though there's a lot of confusion. We're, we're in a time in our lives, on a global level, we've had more confusion and more darkness and more tears than ever before in our generation. And it can, it can. Potentially you'd think that could cause us to be less devoted to Torah mitzvos because of all those questions, because of all the confusion. But you see, that hasn't been the case. It hasn't, there's just more tefillah and more learning and more chesed and more amunah and more people wearing tzitzit and more people putting on tefillin and more people dressing b'tzniyas. It's an amazing thing. You would think logically should be tumfa carrots. Logically, just the opposite. Logically, we, we all have so many questions on the Rabbonu Shalom that we don't have answered. And we, may not, we might not answer till, till Mashiach. So many questions. You'd think if it was a logical religion, everything was like, so that would cause me that. Oh, no, no, no. We have, we're, we're, we're B'nai Avim, Avina. We come from Avram. And Avram taught us, okay, this Yitzchak, that even with all the confusion and with all the lack of clarity, with all of it, with all the confusion and all the lack of clarity, with all the darkness in the world, I'm the same Eved Hashem. I devote myself to Rabbi Nishal. Even more so, it pushes me to say, I know this is when I have to step up. This is when I have to step up. This is when I have to dive more. This is when I have to learn more. And we can, and we have it in us too. We have it in us too. I shared once a story. I saw the story years ago. 
in the early 1900s in Yushalayim. So Yushalayim was, most of the Yidin there were very, very, very poor. This happened by, Sh- by Shari Chesed, area, very poor Jews lived there. And one Yid one day put up a sign that he's the next day making a big seum and he's inviting everyone to come and he wrote on it, they're going to have, it's going to be a lavish seum with basar, v'dogim, chomatam, right? Like mamish, like, and these were Jews that like, they, they, never, they never had basar, they never had meat in their lives, basically. They were so poor, they were lucky that like one little piece of chicken in Shabbos that they had each like share. And this was a pasha to Jew, they didn't understand First of all, where he has the money for this, but secondly, for a seum, it must be this. So they were all they were all excited. It must be this is like some some massive seum. It's going to be a big seum shas, right? Like something, a massive accomplishment. Maybe he finished shas with all the mafarshim, everything. I don't know. So everyone was coming over to him. Knew what what's the seum on? What's going on? He's like, I'm going to explain tomorrow. Just come, just come. And he gets up to speak. He has this lavish suda. Incredible suda, bigger than anyone's chasanas in those days. And he gets up to speak, and he says, before he makes a siyam, I want everyone to know about the siyam, to understand the siyam. And be misayim, misechlis moid katan. Now most of you, I'm sure, are not necessarily holding in the size of misechlis. Moid katan is a very small misechlis. Very, very small Masechta. One of the smallest Masechtas in Shas. Every, every, listen, every page of Shas is Kodesh Kedashim. Every page of Torah is Kodesh Kedashim. Every Siyam is Kodesh Kedashim. But like that's, in the world of Siyamumim, and everything's, every Torah is accomplishment, but it's like, very, very small accomplishment compared to what could be. Like it's, one small Masechta. Like mo, most people, if you spend, if you spend an hour a day in a month, you're going to finish that. Which is nice, it's beautiful, it's good. Torah Hashem Tavim Mishivas Nafesh, incredible. But in those times when they were so poor, you're making this lavish Simaid Khan, everyone was totally confused. And he said, I want to explain. And he was a Kaddish Yid. He was a survivor of the Holocaust, like many were in these days. This was right post Holocaust, maybe the early 1950s in Yushalayim. And he says, I was in this concentration camp. And there was a Yid, and this Jew, all day long, was going around like mumbling to himself. Like when he was doing his work in the concentration camp, he was mumbling to himself, and in the barracks he was mumbling. And everyone thought this Jew like completely was just lost it. Like many did during those days. We can't imagine, I mean, for the first time in our history, we have a slight imagination of what it was, what we've seen, but... In Odoma, we can't, we can't understand what it was to live through those years and to live through a concentration camp. And people thought he just went off. Okay, it is what it is. People, are... So this, this man making the scene says, what? This, this man who would mumble, the mumbler, he lived right on, he lived, he, you know, in the barracks we had our, our wood slab where probably enough room for three, four people and they, they put six of us on there freezing cold. Any of us, I'm sure, here were there. I've, Saw it myself, mamish, can't even imagine. And so he slept right above me. And you know, the most precious thing in the world in the concentration camp during those years was sleep. Because when we slept, we were at peace. 
when we slept, we weren't working back-breaking labor. We weren't thinking nonstop about all the tragedy that we've lived through, all the Gehenim al-Aretz. To sleep, sleep was, was very precious. Sleep was very precious. And one night I'm sleeping. So when someone was sleeping, he, he never woke them up because that was like, even now, right? We know Gezashena, right? We, we, we we're very makbid not to wake people up when they're sleeping. You know, stories about waking parents when they're sleeping, famous stories. But Lamaisa, nobody would wake someone else because you're taking a person out of their their moment of, of shalva, their moment of tranquility during these years of, of Gehenna. And one night I'm fast asleep, and that man, the mumbler, he starts hitting me and wakes me up, and I, and I couldn't believe it. So upset. And he looks down at me and he says to me, I know, I'm sorry, I just have to explain to you something. I know that everybody thinks I'm crazy, everyone thinks that I've lost it, I'm not crazy at all. I want to explain to you what I'm doing when people see me mumbling. You see, before the, the actual war started, before the Nazis started torturing us and putting us in concentration camps, as I, along with many others, saw the writing on the wall, we saw what was going on. And I saw there might come a time where it's going to be much worse. And I thought to myself, there might come a time where I'm going to be taken away and I'm not going to be with my svarim, I'm not going to be, and eight times my life is Torah. So every day I took Mesech with my cotton. And I learned it all day until I knew it by heart. The entire Masechta. I knew my Katlam by heart. So that if it ever comes a time where I can't be with my Svarim, I could learn. I could learn and I could chazer, I could review. Because I know it by heart. And Kachave, eventually the Nazis took us right here. I don't know which concentration camp it was, I don't recall. So when everyone sees me mumbling, you know what I'm doing? I'm chazering Masech's Maid Katam. And I can't even tell you how many times I've reviewed the entire Masech here in the concentration camp as I'm working, as we're being tortured. And then he looks at this man. He looks at the man that he just woke up, the man who's speaking now. And he says, I want you to know I'm very, very weak. Molder. I feel like I don't know if I have much more to live. I don't know if I can make it much longer than I have. We're malnourished. But I'm up to daf test now in my Tukatan. This time going through. I don't know if I'm going to make it till tomorrow morning. But I ask of you. You're young. And you're strong. And I see your strength physically and emotionally. You're going to live. I ask of you to finish this last seam for me. Don't forget me, and you take my katan, and you finish this last siyam, and if you're, if you're worthy to, to make a siyam, remembering all this Torah. And this man in Yushalayim, a few years later, that man, he said in the morning, was not among the living anymore. And when he survived and came to Yushalayim, he said eventually he finally had the time, and he put himself to finish. Masech is my katan, and he says, how can I not make the most special siyam to celebrate that man, to celebrate all the times that he went through Maid Katan in that Gehenna. Can you imagine such a tzaddik? Can you imagine such a tyrant? Can you imagine, listen, I don't know where, where that Torah and how it was used yet, but you understand, can we imagine the schusim of that, of, of that Torah for Klal Yisrael, for that family, for, for us until today? 
And I want to say, I think, and I believe that's, that's on some level, on some level. A tipa biyam, that's us today. We're, Baruch Hashem, we're not in concentration camps. We're not going through that in that way. But if Yidin were able to go through that, Gehenna Malart had way more questions than we have. We have a lot of questions today. We do. But they had way more. What they saw, and what they lived through, Hey, maybe there are some families in the South that have the same questions as them. But you and I, of course, we feel our brothers and sisters. And imagine this Yid, this Yid, with all the questions and all the confusion and all the darkness and the farthest, the Rabboni Shalom, as far, as far as explaining and giving clarity was as far as could be. And what is he doing? I'm learning more. And I'm putting in more. I'm an Eved Hashem. I'm an Avram Avinu. This is my Akedas Yitzchak. Avram didn't understand. Avram had questions. Avram had confusion. But he did it. Because that's the void of a mammon, of a believer. We believe that we don't have to understand everything. And we believe there's a Rabbi Nishalom that runs the world, that orchestrates the world. And our void is to be our best selves no matter what we're going through in life. And now more than ever, but also in our private lives, every one of us, we go through challenges. It's sometimes fine. Maybe to others might seem small, but they're our challenges. And those challenges are real. Those challenges make us feel that whatever that makom is, whatever that place is that we're trying to get to, that we think we want to be at, it feels very, very rachok, very, very distance. I feel distance, and I feel distance from the Rebbe Shalom. I don't see his, his, his role in my life when I'm yearning for this, a shidduch, when I'm yearning for some parnasa, when I'm yearning for a family, whatever I'm yearning for. It's rachok. That's when I have to dig down deep and say, I'm, I'm a, a ben or a bas avram of you know. I have a kedis yitzchak in me. So today is my kedis yitzchak, and I'm going to dive in the same way, I'm going to learn the same way, I'm going to treat people the same way, and I'm going to put on a smile somehow. I'm going to find simcha within myself. I'm going to do it because I know the Rebbe is watching over. I know ultimately in the end it's going to be good. You know, Avram Avinu, it's amazing. The, the Barditch, the Kedushas Levi, the Barditch points us out. If you look by Kedus Yitzchak, so at the very beginning, at the very beginning when Avram is asked, is commanded, Shvi of, of Parshish Vayera is upcoming week. So Hashem says, Vayomer, so Vayi Achar Dramela Velkim Nisas Avram, Hashem tested Avram, Vayomer 11 said to him, Avram. Said to him, Avram, Vayomer Neni. And then Avram goes and he's journeying and he's taking Yitzchak and he has everything. And he goes up, he comes to the place and he builds him his Beach and he gets the wood ready and he binds Yitzchak and he's ready to go. He goes and he takes the knife to Shech, the son. He's ready to do it. The messenger of Hashem called out, Vayomer Avram Avram. He says Avram's name twice. The first time when Avram's commanded, it's one time. Here it's Vayomer Avram Avram. And the particular explains. When you have our name being said twice, when we have our name being said twice, it's a, it's a term of endearment. 
It's showing the chiba, the love that Hashem's having for Avram at that moment. Avram at first was loved by Hashem, of course, already. But after you were willing to do this, even though it's so confusing, it makes absolutely no sense. After you're willing to do this, Baruch Hu says, Avram, Avram, you have no idea what love I have for you. You've passed the tenth test, the final test. You've showed me that you're by my side through thick and thin. That's why it is. That was the test. The test that you saw even from a, a rachok, even from a distant plate, is Gematra 1157. Exactly Gematra. The ten tests. That rachok, that distance. But then Hashem shows, I have such love for you. Avram, Avram. And the same is for you and I. When we, during these days, the Tosh Shim Dalit, during these weeks, starting from Shmini Atzeres, Tosh Shim Dalit, we're going through a time of Rachok. A Rachok like never else in our generation. But we're going to go and we're going to still do our Avoida. And we're going to daven more than we've ever davened. And learn more. And do more Chesed. And lift ourselves up with a Muna. Hashem's going to say, my beautiful children, there's such love. You know what's going to happen? And I think there's no... Everything's ashkacha. Nisayon is a test that we're all going through. We all have a real test now. But Nisayon are the same oisios as nes, a miracle. Nisayon and nes are the same letters. Because maybe sometimes in life, Hashem, for whatever reason... He orchestrates that we have to pass the Nisayim so that we can have big Nisim. So that we have big miracle. That's what we're diving for and hoping for and looking forward towards. The Nisayim is going to lead to a Nisayim. Hashem. And we have it within us. Each and every one of us have it within us. To stand up tall when, when things don't always make sense. I, I, you know, I was, I was recently going through just notes I had from different years and different to- topics. This week I went and saw, based on the, the topic we were discussing tonight, an old Torah that I gave over 10 years ago. An Akedas Yitzchak. And I found in there written in my notes a, a note of a Talmud of mine. A Talmud of mine that's a very precious Talmud. I was so close then and still very close today. Closer, much closer. Talmud that's like a son to me. And he was learning then, he was learning in Eretz Yisrael, now he's married with, with children and Baruch Hashem. He was learning in Yeshiva then. Shanal, his first year in Eretz Yisrael. And I was talking to him on the phone. It was Parshish Vayera, so it's right, a couple months into Shanalif. And he was telling me how he was having a very, very hard time. Very, very hard time. He wasn't enjoying, he wasn't, he wasn't happy. And he was a guy... And he said, you know, I, I know I could come home. My parents would let me come home. My parents really told him if he's not happy after whatever about the time, he could come home. When I say home, I mean back to Chutzlaretz. Obviously, he was home. We don't, we don't forget that any moment during these days. So, like, so I said to him, just to hear his reaction, not, and then I was going to be Mechazik, of course. I said, so why are you staying? Why are you staying? Not that I wanted him to come back here, but why are you staying? His words were, I don't want to, but I know I need to. I don't want to, but I know I need to. 
Sometimes we don't want to. I don't want to be davening extra tilt every day now because I don't want this situation to be going on. I don't want to. I didn't want to come here tonight and give chizik about what's going on in our lives in Israel again. I was hoping by this time we'll give a shir full of shevach to the Rabban Shalom of all the nisim that we saw already and all the yeshuos. Sometimes you don't want to, but you need to. With our Kaddish Baruch Hu aside, we can get through anything. And that was a Kedis Yitzchak. But the MS is that's part of us as Klai Yisrael. We remember each and every one of us in the Kabbalah upon ourselves in our Sinai already. We all came together as one nation in our Sinai. We had unity on the highest of levels like we have again today. Like we're seeing again, again today in incredible ways. And what did we say at our Sinai? And Chazal teaches every one of our neshamas was there. If our guf wasn't there, if our body wasn't there, our soul was there. And we all said, Nasa v'nishma. We didn't say nishma v'nasa. We said nasa v'nishma. And we all know what that means. Nishma is to understand Nishma is to make sense. Nishma means things are clear and there's clarity. Nasa means I'm doing. Nasa and Nishma, I'm going to do, I'm going to be with you, Hashem. I'm going to have a muna, I'm going to dive, I'm going to learn, I'm going to stand up tall and live my life and be productive. Even before I understand. Vinishma, then hopefully later I'll come to understand. Hopefully later I'll come to have clarity. But Nasa, then Vinishma. That's why it was, even at our Sinai, everybody asks, right, very famously, at our Sinai, Hashem held a mountain on top of us. Kavon Archegigas. Yet Tosos, that's a Gemara in Shabbos, Taf Peches. And Tosos there asks, I don't understand, Klai has already said Nasim and Ishma. Why is Hashem holding a mountain on top? We did it willingly already. Why is He now needs to force us? In Mekabim, Torah, Mutavim, Lavsham, Tikvarastam, either accept the Torah or I'm going to perish, you're going to perish? Well, like we already accepted it. So someone just explained, and we could have explained that Hashem wanted it. When we stood at our Sinai, it was after we saw all the miracles, right? We saw so many miracles. We saw the Makos, and we're, we're in the desert, and we have mud falling, and we're drinking from a, a, a rock, and we're, our clothing's growing with us, and we have clouds of glory surrounding us. Everything was such clarity. We didn't understand every mitzvah, but we knew this was such MS. Hashem held the mountains up and says, there's going to be times when it feels like we're being crushed. There are times when there's such darkness. Times when there's going to be no, no light at all. I want you to accept it in those terms. I want you to realize that's when we show our strength. That's when we pass our nisyonos. That's when the nisyon will become a nace, will become a miracle. You know, the Yalka Ruveni says something incredible. Kabbalah Zatoru, who knows what was by Harsinai. But the Yalka Ruveni says, Hashem lifted up Harhamriya, Harabayas, and brought it to Kabbalah Zatoru as well. Maybe that's what happened in Harabayas. That's where Akedis Yitzchak took part, took place. Hashem wanted that to be at our Sinai as well. As if to say, accept the Torah in the way that Avram was willing to do Akedis Yitzchak. Even in the darkest of times. Even with no clarity. Maybe that's another pshad in Vayichin Yisrael Negedar Ke'isha Echad. Pashat Pshad obviously is the unity, which is so much we could speak about and we're seeing in the most beautiful ways and we're so proud to be a Yid today. So proud. So beautiful. It's so incredible. So incredible to be part of this beautiful nation. That's the chizik we get especially. You know, I get dealing with a lot and 
a lot of people that are having a very hard time, we're all having a hard time. One of the, one of the things we're also having a hard time with is just looking at the world, the sheker of the world, and turning on our phone and seeing 100,000 Rishayim protesting in London over Shabbos. Protesting pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, all pro-Palestinian, it's all anti-Semitic. Any way you look at it, any way they try to word and intellectualize the differences, and this, we know it's all anti-Semitism. Straight as it is, straight as could be. It's all people who hate Jews. That's all it is. They, and don't, don't look at it in any other way or any other standing on every college campus and everyone is. Now more, it's cl- as clear as could be. Maybe before what happened, we could have convinced ourselves and rationalized that no, they don't hate us, they just hate, they're just pro-life and pro-people. What's the biggest riot? None of them are, are, none of them are protesting against Hamas and what they did to our Jewish brothers and sisters, which is the sickest thing we've, that's ever happened in, in, since the Holocaust. None of them are saying a word. So they don't care about people. They don't care about civilians. They hate us. Ace of Sonas Yaakov. It's that simple. And many people in this world, the world of Sheker, we see it so clearly. And we see so many people that don't. And that's scary. And, 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 and I had a Talmud who called me a few weeks ago, right here from Queens College. Queens College, I don't know if some of you go to Queens College. My wife went to Queens College. Normal place for a lot of from people to go. And they have a pro-Palestinian rally, screaming out, kill all Jews with Nazi flags in Queens College. And I had a Talmud from it, during it, call me, crying on the phone. And what do I say to him? That is scary, and it's a, it's a world we, we live in that's scary in that way, if we focus on it. But I said, refocus yourself. And the one chizik I gave him, I said, refocus yourself and realize what a schus it is that you're a yid. What a schus it is to part, be part of this. When you see that, it just reminds us how beautiful it is to be part of this, part of our nation that sees the world as in the truthful way and sees the world as it is, and able to live life in a truthful way, and have the objective truth of the Rabbi Shalom, and be able to understand what real morality is, and real ethics is, and how we're really supposed to live our lives. Look at the world, how you have millions of people who don't understand what life is. It's scary, it's scary. So what a schus it is to be a yid. What a schus it is to be part of a nation. It reminds us again, well, where we're really supposed to be, is Eretz Yisrael. Maybe we're not, all of us, not supposed to be here, I don't know how many people really believe to really like look in the mirror the people that came back from Israel that's really safer here than there. Really, if you really MS, MS, MS. I don't know. But it's supposed to be a yid. It's supposed to be part of our nation. And it's supposed to have a relationship with the Rabbi Nishalom in such a way. And we see it every single Jew. And it didn't matter what level of religiosity you were until now. It's like so clear that we're a neshama. We're not a goof. And so clear that we have a Rabbi Nishalom. And so clear that with all the lack of clarity, I have so much clarity. More clarity than ever before. That Yiddishkeit is MS and that I want to be a part of this. And I want to do everything I can and stand up my Akedis Yitzchak. This is Klal Yisrael Akedis Yitzchak. This is Klal Yisrael Akedis Yitzchak. Because that base Amigdash, you know that it's going to be built... What's the focal point? The Besamigdash that we're yearning for. The Besamigdash that we hope to have very, very, very soon. 
if you read the Rambam and Hilchos Beis of Chira, it talks all about the Beis of Mikdash. He says the focal point of the Beis of Mikdash is not what you think. I know most of you would think the Kodesh Gadolim and the Aron, but the Kodesh Gadolim and the Aron, one person went into one day a year. The focal point of the Beis of Mikdash, to feed the Rambam, is the Mizbeach. Because the Iker Avoda of the Beis of Mikdash was Korbanos, and that's how we serve God, we sacrifice for God. The Mizbeach was the focal point. That's where all the action went down. That's what the Beis of Mikdash was about more than anything else. Yes, of course, the Kodesh Kedoshim was the Shechina residing in the base of Mikdash, and that's so Kadosh in ways, but as far as our connection was Mizbeach. You know what the Rambam says where the Mizbeach had to be? Which represents you and I, Avodah Hashem, every day of our life. You know where the Mizbeach had to be? Exactly on the spot where Akedah Yitzchak took place. In other words, our Avodah, our life as a Jew should be dependent on Akedah Yitzchak. Which represents, as we understand tonight, represents, as we understand tonight, serving a Baruch Hu, being one with a Baruch Hu, despite all the confusion, despite all the lack of clarity, in the deepest of ways. Maybe that's as well what that Rashi means. We say, as we prepared for Kabbalah Torah, when we said Nasim and Ishma, and we all, each and every one of us, confirmed that we're going to live our life like a Kedish So we needed unity. We need achdus. We need oneness. But they're also just to be able to accept the Torah. We need oneness, because no one Jew could accept all six thirteen. Because no one Jew could keep all mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs are just for men. Some mitzvahs are just for women. Some mitzvahs are just for kohanim. Some are just for for levim. Some are circumstantial, based on situations. That, you know, to to give a get is a mitzvah that I, I give you a bracha. Nobody here should ever be makayim to receive such a thing. Meaning, lemaisa there. But as one nation, we, we, kept, we accept all of Torah. So Pashat is achtos, achtos. Arvus, But maybe there's another. We're like one. The Pasuk in Yecheskel, Perak Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Chavdalad, says, Echad haya Avram. Echad haya Avram. Avram was Echad. He was one. What it means to one is I'm one. I'm, he was by himself. He was out from every. But to be one means I could stand up to the world. To be one means I'm with Hashem Echad. Echad Hayavram. Be'yichin Yisrael ki'ish Echad. Be'yichin Yisrael Negerar. We had that Echad. We had the Avram Avinu in us. We had the ability to be one in everything that we do, regardless of the situation. We weren't bound by our situation. We weren't bound by a situation that feels very good and where I feel God, or when I'm full of confusion. I'm the same person, with the same avoid as Hashem. That's the avoid of each and every one of us. You know, I know it feels already still so distant, but I've been seeing around in various stores already, like, and I took a walk with my wife, Today is a beautiful day to be thank, thankful to Hashem for a beautiful day. I know it's not normal to have weather like this uh, when it's almost November, right? So we took a walk on Central Avenue. And I noticed one store I noticed, I see like they had hanging some, uh, some baby clothing with dreidels on it. You know, we're already getting ready for Hanukkah. Another store, I saw some dreidels in the, some, like these big dreidels in the, in the window. Ziyadim, we look forward to Yom Tovim. It's a little more than a month away still, but we look forward to Yom Tovim. And Hanukkah, maybe, maybe this year more than ever, Hanukkah represents, right, even in the darkest of hour, the light, the Neros burning bright, the, the aura of Torah, the aura of Geula burning bright. 
So I was thinking about one more story that somewhat of a famous story, but I think about the story often, and I think particularly give us chizek during during these days, during these days. There was a big tzaddik who survived the Holocaust, Rabbi Yisrael Spira, the Blush of Rebbe, Zechus Adakai Shavracha. The Blush of Rebbe was in Bergen-Belsen. Blush of Rebbe was a very special year. A lot of the stories have you read in Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust by Yaf Eliach, there are a bunch of stories about the Blush of Rebbe, a bunch of stories from the Blush of Rebbe that she, she sat down with the Blush of Rebbe with actually someone I know that took her. And the Blush of Rebbe was one year in a barrack, and it was a few days before Hanukkah. And he wanted to procure some, some Nero somehow, something to be able to light Hanukkah candles. And he, he put one of the, the people in charge, and somehow, you know, they got, oh, they did it. They, they got a potato and they carved out the potato. And someone got a little tar for, for fuel. Another, another year took a little piece of his shoelace off his shoes. And they were able to have one candle for that first night. And they waited until very late, because obviously they were risking their lives by, by even doing this. And everyone in the barrack was going to light that one candle. The Belisha Rebbe was going to be honored to light the candle on behalf of everybody in the, in the barrack. And the Belisha Rebbe, Zechazar Kashvrachi, goes and he says the first bracha, Ladak Nershachanaka. And he says the second bracha, Sha'asa Nisim Lavasenu Bayamimayim Bazman Hazeh. And then he stops and he looks around into the eyes of all the people that were present. He says the bracha shachiyanu v'kimanu v'giyanu l'azman hazeh, and he lights the candle. And right after he lights, it was a yid in the back, and this yid was not religious, but was he was close to the rebbe. But they often would argue about things back and forth, and he screams, "Rebbe, I get it that you're willing to sacrifice all our lives for this mitzvah. I get it that we're trying to stay strong. I understand. I actually do." But to say a blessing, thank you Hashem that we lived and we're, we're alive to witness and to be a part of this moment. Really? Thank you Hashem that you destroyed all our family. Thank you Hashem that we're a skeleton of human beings. That we reach such a time that we have to in the middle of the night light a menorah afraid for our lives. Like, How can we say such words? And the Rebbe looked at him and said, I want you to know that I had the very same question. I wasn't sure I could make such a bracha, such a blessing. And I turned around and I looked into the eyes of all the people in our barrack. The eyes of excitement to be Mekayim this mitzvah, the eyes of passion to, excite, to accomplish this mitzvah, the eyes of Messias Nefesh willing to risk our lives to accomplish this mitzvah. And I turned back to Menorah. And I said, Thank you, Hashem, Thank you for, for this moment in time. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of, of such holy Jews. That I'd be Mekayim Akedis Yitzchok right here in Bergen Belzen. on our level, and obviously not, not the same, but on our level, what we've been through, what we're seeing, what we're feeling, and so many of us are, are still crying throughout the day. 
And there's still so much going on and there's over 200 hostages that when we stop to think about it, we go insane. Babies and grandparents, and it's, it's so hard. And soldiers that are now going in on foot and on tanks and in ways that are risking their lives for Christ. And there's so much. There's so much. So for us, even here, even thousands of miles apart, but our hearts so deeply connected, this is our Akedah Yitzchak. This is our Akedah Yitzchak. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It doesn't mean there are not moments where we feel far and there's darkness. But just like Avram Vinu had questions. He had real questions. In Medrashim talk, Rashi brings down the questions. Venishma will come later. Understanding will come later. Now Nasa. I have a moon, I believe in Hashem. I know He's orchestrating the world. I know He's doing things that even make no sense to me, but I know He's asking me still to be the Bas Torah, to be the Tzadikist, to be the Ben Torah, to, to daven, to learn, to do chesed, to do my part. I'm going to do it strongly. I'm going to do it proudly. I'm going to pass this Nisayon that we're all going through. And then we're going to bring Nisim. We're going to be miracles to the world. Even though as Hamakom Merachok, it's very far off, if you take the gematria of just those words, Es Hamakom Merachok, it's gematria 946, exactly gematria Ikfisa de Mashiach. Ikfisa de Mashiach means we're on the heels of Mashiach, it's the final step. And Amir Tashem, our Nisayan that we're passing, our kids Yitzchak, Hashem is going to turn into Nisim, going to turn into miracles, and we're going to be Zaycha again through our Akedis Yitzchak to reestablish the Makam of Akedis Yitzchak with the Mizbech again, with the Gula Shleima, with Mashiach Zukeinu, Bimheira Biyameinu.